Those from the Gen Z generation are reported to be young people between the ages of 11 and 26. It's this generation of young Zoomers who are now leaving the church like no generation before them. And the question is, why? The other question is, what are we, as the Christian parents, to do about it? Today, we hope to find some answers as we talk with the founder of the How to Life movement, Jordan Whitmer. This is Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm Michelle Hill, and I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. So, Trace, a question for you. In your work at Shepherds Hill Academy, what are you seeing that might be prompting so many Gen Zs to exit the church in what seems like droves? Yeah. Well, I guess what I'm seeing is the same thing I've been seeing for the past few generations. As a baby Mm. boomer myself, uh, those of us born between 1945 and 1965 or thereabout, uh, we certainly did our fair share of walking away from the Christian faith of our parents before us. Uh, it was actually our rebellion from the absolute standards of moral right and wrong that led to the postmodern deconstruction of objective truth, which would eventually lead to the reconstruction of the very fundamentals of language and reality itself. And that postmodern shift gave birth to the logical outworking of the systemic insanity that we're seeing today, mm. i.e. the disregard for the gender binary uh, and the redefinition of so many terms relative to healthy living. But in light of it all, uh, what's still so encouraging to me is the fact that three generations later, despite the logical outworking of the postmodernism that gave birth to all this insanity, we still have a remnant of young people from the Gen Z generation who haven't surrendered their critical, constructive, or creative thinking capacities for the mind-numbing mm-hmm. and brain-crumbling digital protocols, or lack thereof, that so many people <laughs> of all generations have fallen prey to these days. And I think this is largely a testimony to the boundaries their parents and grandparents set, enforced, mm-hmm. and actually modeled before them. Of course, it's a broad generalization, but I'm sure there are young people who simply pause long enough to realize what they were doing to themselves as eye slaves and simply concluded that enough was enough. Uh, Either way, uh, there are those from today's generation of young people who seem to have grown weary of what the digital age has done to themselves and to those closest to them, like their parents, for example. Uh, And they don't want it happening anymore. That's just a a wise thing. I think it's tragic that so many of today's Gen Z generation, a.k.a. Zoomers, no longer trust the judgment of their millennial-age parents, but particularly with respect to their digital interactions. According to the website Axis.org, many Zoomers now claim to have actually lost hope that their millennial parents will ever come around to exercising a prudent digital protocol for themselves or for their Zoomer kids, for that matter. Millennials grew up with the Internet becoming quite the novelty and even more so with the advent of smartphones. Uh, And that novelty has yet to wear off for them. Gen Z, on the other hand, knew no other life before the digital age, so the novelty factor wasn't quite what it was to their millennial parents. Uh, As a result, and in light of all the drama, trauma, and anxiety associated with social media alone, there seems to be a self-initiated effort on the part of many Zoomers to simply log off and attempt to pursue more face-to-face interactions with friends, family, and even nature. I I see that with the kids coming to Shepherd's Hill. So, Trace, are you saying that... Uh, you and the team actually saw this coming 
well over 20 years ago, like when you founded Shepherd's Hill Academy? Well, you know, I hate to sound like we're tooting our own horns here, but that's exactly right. And this is precisely why our kids spent a whole year living in an unplugged environment in our forests. Mm-hmm. All we're giving these kids is what they've actually been crying out for all their lives, but they've never come to grips with it. That is, until a shepherd's cell intervention was foisted upon them by their parents. And just what are these kids actually crying out for? Well, they want what everyone wants, genuine love, uh, as it's properly defined, however. And that presupposes another person or persons to interact with them uh, from the standpoint of a genuine relationship, objective truth, reality, with less anxiety, more peace, safety, purpose, identity, belonging, community, boundaries, mutual accountability, and a culmination of all of the above via a knowledge and relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ. In a nutshell, they desire what God desires for them, and they didn't even know it. And what is that? The mm. kingdom of God. We talked about that in our last program. Mm. Righteousness, peace, mm-hmm. joy, and the Holy Ghost. All that to answer your original question as to why I think so many of today's Zoomers are leaving the church. So my short answer is the church hasn't been providing cogent answers to much of what they've been crying out for, everything I just mentioned. Too many kids are being told that there's an optimum way to do life uh, because it's certainly not about the narcissistic template that's been drawn up for them by our systemically mentally ill American culture or the secular mental health industrial complex either, which is failing us all miserably. So I'm looking forward to Jordan helping us get more of this uh, sorted out for our parents and their kids. Yes, I am too. I'm very excited for our guest today. We have Jordan Whitmer with us, Unlicensed to Parent. Jordan is the founder of the Evangelism and Missions Organization, Reaching Generation Z Youth, called How to Life Movement. And How to Life is an exciting movement that is run by Gen Z to Gen Z. And Jordan's grandfather is Ron Hutchcraft. So you could say that evangelism just runs in that family. Jordan is a graduate of Liberty University and has his Bachelor of Science in Bible and Theology. He also is the host of the Gen Z Today podcast. Jordan, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Michelle, it's wonderful to be with you all today. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, before the program, we were talking about, uh, I thought maybe you were here a year or two or three ago, and and you reminded <laughs> me that it was closer to a decade ago, and uh, which is a testimony to the veracity of Scripture when the book of James talks about life being a mist. Man, oh man, oh man. I don't even know if you were shaving the last time you were here when you were here with your dad. <laughs> uh, tell us what's been going on with you since uh, you were last with us. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I remember that interview many years ago. That was so cool uh, being interviewed along with my dad back when uh, I definitely was in middle school at that point. And my uh, my life story has picked up a bunch since then. Uh, again, I grew up in an amazing Christian family and, and ministry uh, with a heart for evangelism and for mission and wanting to do whatever we can to help reach the lost uh, for Christ. And uh, that a lot of my story uh, uh, picks up at the age of 16, which uh, was about nine years ago. I'm 25 years old now, but when I was 16, uh, I was in public high school and my parents made an intentional decision about uh, having uh, me there for the purpose of, uh, in many cases, because of ministry that I could have there. And uh, as a 16 year old, I really wanted that to happen. I'm like, I realized I had a year and a half left of high school uh, where I was growing up in Arkansas. And 
uh, thought, what if I and my friends could maybe organize some sort of event to be able to help share Jesus with our community? And uh, we ended up organizing an event that was completely led by students, by youth, to help reach youth, and uh, ended up having an incredible turnout with over 750 people who came to the student-led evangelism event we planned in northern Arkansas back in March of 2015. Uh, students came and they heard the gospel. Uh, they uh, There was worship and music and a lot of testimonies and really just pointing people to Christ and helping a very confused Gen Z uh, generation uh, encounter Christ in a very real way by hearing uh, from their Christian peers about how Jesus has Im- had impacted their life. And uh, that event we did was amazing. And uh, about 75 young people responded when we uh, gave an invitation and time for people to respond and come forward. And uh, 75 made commitments to Christ that night. Uh, some rededicated their life to the Lord. Others, it was a first-time thing. But nonetheless, it was an amazing, amazing evening. And and that was the first of what's now grown into a very fast-growing movement. Initially, it started slowly but surely around Arkansas and Missouri. Uh, but now, over the course of nine years, uh, over the years, we incorporated as a nonprofit. I became an 18-year-old CEO about seven years ago of the nonprofit. And then uh, over time, we've now had over 155 similar student-led evangelism events across 29 U.S. states now and 11 countries around the world including across North America, Western Europe, a few countries in Asia, and most recently even Africa, where there are young people getting involved with this work and with this mission and vision of wanting to reach their peers for Christ. And uh, it's been an amazing journey. And uh, this has become my uh, full-time work. I call myself a missionary to Gen Z and want to do whatever I can to help see my generation across America and around the world uh, come to faith in, in Christ. Well, I think you're spot on by looking at American kids as a mission field. I've been talking about that for 30 years now, that we're going we're gonna to be a mission field, and sure enough, we are. As a Zoomer yourself, uh, what's your take on why this generation is bolting from the church uh, so much today? I mean, your, your experience is so encouraging in light of the fact that the statistics show that you know, your generation is really not interested in, in the gospel. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's a complicated answer, but I, I do believe that over time there's been what I normally call a compounding lack of discipleship from generation to generation. And uh, uh, sometimes there's it's been cultural dynamics. So it, it, there's there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Uh, but that have led to the fact that now with Gen Z, uh, according to Barna, only 4% of American Gen Z would hold a biblical worldview. That's one out of every 25 kids, meaning 96 out of 100 would not really believe the way that we would believe in terms of what it means to follow Jesus and uh, and have that as their foundation. But uh, of that 4%, many of them are very strong or at least their heart's in the right place, but sometimes they want to know what else could they do to help uh, then make an impact on, on their friends and help them. But uh, the there's obviously a ton of aspects in the culture that are, are not good. There's plenty of plenty of secular agendas that are certainly wearing upon young people. And, and social media can be a, a, a 
pretty negative factor, I think, overall uh, for a lot of young people. Although I say that with a grain of salt because we've had so much growth because of social media, actually. That's where we meet these young people all over the world. We're using social media for Jesus with our work, but you're using um, it as a but tool. There's a lot a of weapon. factors. Yeah, it's a tool, very much a tool, and uh, you got to use it wisely. But uh, but it's very much a tool, and very much so. We're talking with Jordan Whitmer about the Gen Z generation and his How to Life movement. We'll be back with more licensed to parent after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherds Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can learn more about Shepherd's Hill. Go to LicensedToParent.org. Today we are talking with Jordan Whitmer, and he is the founder of the How to Life movement, and it is a Gen Z preaching to Gen Z and sharing the gospel of Christ. And Jordan, I just got to ask you, like Gen Z, from what you're seeing I mean, how to life movement is growing. So you are seeing that there are some Gen Z's that are looking for truth and they are hungry for truth. What is the common makeup of Gen Z? Do they want Christ or do they not? Yeah, well, Michelle, it's uh, it's a very interesting perspective because uh, as I've shared, the, the Barna statistic that only 4% of Gen mm-hmm. Z holds a biblical worldview Which is, is scary. very sobering. It's scary. Uh, I believe that's it's been a wake up call to a lot of people to think about it that way. But for me, being having gone to a public high school in Arkansas of all places, I I do think the percent would be higher where I grew up, and in a lot of states, and so it's also a lot lower in some states. But 
the reality is, is that uh, it is definitely a minority that would be really all in for Christ. And I view that as a lack, just a lot of young people just have not been discipled really in what it means to follow Jesus and, uh, or to make their faith their own in the ways that I know in my family, we prioritize so much with my parents as they raised me. And, but, uh, but the, there are other encouraging studies uh, that seem to be really implying the fact that young people are actually way more open to faith conversations than any of us might traditionally think. Now we have to be careful with that because uh, a lot of to a lot of people they they just haven't really been able to. Jesus has been represented to them in a lot of really weird ways, and they don't really know what it means to follow. Christ for who he is. And, uh, uh, and, uh, but if, if young people were given, uh, a chance to, uh, hear the gospel, hear it from their friends and, uh, uh, in kind of a next generation type of context sometimes, which is what we try to, uh, mobilize and see happen. It can be amazing. The openness that some people have to at least having conversations we've seen all over the world in cities, uh, where, Young people have invited their friends out to these how to life uh, youth events, youth rallies that we do. And, uh, and people are often way more receptive, at least to listen and to think. And, uh, and we've seen people come to faith as a result of, of this sort of conversation. Jordan, uh, the editor-in-chief of World Net Daily, Joseph Farah, uh, has stated, and he did this several years ago, um, I'd rather my kid drop out of high school than to send them to public school. Uh, I've often said that unless I know for sure that my kid is next Billy Graham or the next Mother Teresa with a special mission to the public school system, and you know you may very well may be that, uh, I will not enroll them in a public school, and I would need overwhelming evidence for that. Does that make me a product of fear? That's a very good question, and my my answer is probably going to be twofold or, or mixed to this. I um, I went to high school. Uh, I was in my public high school from 2013 to 2016. I think 2024 is different from even just not that long ago uh, in terms of the public school environment. Uh, I think it depends on the state. Uh, education can be very politicized these days around America and um, for better or worse. And it, I, I think what happens through that, though, is it uh, it can be a very toxic place for a lot of young people. And uh, um, I think that homeschooling versus public school is I mean, it has to be a personal decision uh, through prayer. Um, I do believe, though, that uh, if you have a young person who has a heart for Jesus, the and, and is strong or strong enough at least. It is. I know for me, I'm so grateful that I was in the public school context because I was able to be a rock for Christ, make a difference, and and genuinely, that's what led me to start this How to Life ministry that we've been doing and still been doing for years now. But um, and uh, and that wouldn't have been possible had I been homeschooled. I I, I believe that, but I, I do believe that. I still could have made an impact for sure, but, uh, but it depends. And, uh, it, it, it depends on the person, depends on the situation. The American public school system is really complicated right now for sure. Um, but, uh, I do believe that there is a case to do it, but, uh, you would need to have a lot of uh, conversations for sure. And, and make sure you're not just blindly, uh, letting yourself be 
swerved by the culture. And I think that's the biggest difference you have to look at with someone. Well, and Jordan, I'm I'm wondering also, how intentional were your parents in your life at that point? Were they having conversations with you when you came home from school? Like, what did your family life look like while you were in public school? I mean, my parents are highly, highly, highly intentional in a very, very way above average, way, 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 way above average way in terms of their intentionality with me and the types of conversations we had at home growing up. And uh, and that made a massive difference. I mean, I know it did. And uh, that's part of why, for me, I wasn't really phased by uh, the typical types of things. I mean, I was exposed mm-hmm. to plenty being in a public school context. It'll, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, for me though, I mean, being in a public school helped me gain a bigger heart for the lost, a bigger understanding for the reality of where our culture is at. And, uh, and whether you go to public school or not, I think it's important to not fully cocoon yourself from the world. It's once again, just a matter of being in the world, but not of the world. And, and uh, for every person, it's going to be a little different. But uh, for me, I was grateful I was in public school. But I, I know that I would have been very much not a fan of that if, uh, if I didn't have the hope and security that I had through Christ, which was very much so stemming from, from my home, from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you were in the public school system, and, and God bless you for doing it, um, what was your toughest temptation uh, or persecution experience? I, for me, I really feel like because of how I was equipped and discipled growing up, for the most part, for most of the things that normally would come at you in that sort of context, I uh, feel like I we really tried to rise above a lot of the typical major temptations and things. I mean, like there there wasn't any stereotypical Hollywood dynamic of, oh, then there were parties with drinking. I mean, like none of that kind of thing. Uh, well, I just didn't get invited to that sort of thing if that even was happening. But like it, uh, like people, like, like if anything, it might be the fact that sometimes you feel like an outlier and that can kind of, because uh, a lot of people, I joked back then that people having me around was like having a parent in the room. Like, oh, well, we can't talk about these things because Jordan's here. So there's a little bit of that dynamic. Uh, I never really let that phase me too much. Uh, And uh, I tried to be genuinely creating and being salt and light. And when you're being salt and light, then you're hopefully not letting the absence of salt and light affect you as much. And it's obviously there, but I... Uh, for the most part, it wasn't like a massive barrier that I like had to wrestle with or be like, why can't I do all these things? And um, yeah, because it uh, it just didn't, at least in my context, uh, that's how it went. But I know for other people, it'd be very, very different scenario. But that's that's just my experience. So from a Gen Z, what do you see as the positives of your generation? What are the strengths of your generation? And then on the flip side, what are the weaknesses that you see? So the strengths that I would see when it comes to Gen Z are that Gen Z often is a very resourceful and kind of scrappy generation that uh, sometimes when it has a project or a goal, will put itself to it. And, and there's, a, I think, a lot of areas where Gen Z has grappled with some of the 
more negative dynamics of previous generations in terms of healthy attitudes toward mental health or toward just aspects of life where there, there there's a level of trying to gain self-awareness in the next generation that is good. Now that can be a weakness if it's strung to the other direction of being too hyper concerned about some of those conversations. And, and, uh, and then uh, one of the massive things that is often a major downside is just in the topic of identity and identity is probably the biggest problem facing Gen Z, just are, where's your identity placed? And if it's anything other than Christ, then you're going to be a ship without an anchor. And uh, that's that's where people are putting their identity in all sorts of other things, their, their career, their life, their boyfriend, girlfriend, their sexuality, their culture stuff, mm-hmm. all that. And it and and so when you do that and say, this is who I am, well, that's not true that is like our identity has to be placed in christ and on any major cultural issue i know for me if i'm talking with someone it's always trying to get people to grapple with their core identity who are you uh and uh, and that's where so many of these conversations at least it can be a starting point to help gen z uh come into truth I, I hate to overgeneralize a people group, but have you noticed an overriding distrust of your generation for your millennial age parents? And I know that's not your situation, but do you, do you find that when you're dealing with with Gen Zs? That is is, is access.org right? Are, are they are they giving up on their on their millennial aged uh, parents? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, there's a lot of distrust for sure between the generations. It uh, it's complicated with. A lot of Gen Z and their uh, either Gen X or older millennial or even younger baby boomer, depending on how the ages worked out there. But uh, I'd say most of Gen Z's distrust of anybody, whether in their generation or another, would there's a lot of passion for authenticity, and uh, I think they've seen a lot of just the extravagance of lots of money and flashiness and things in some of our American culture that aren't always bad, but, uh, they see that they see that even in church context, sometimes they see it in, uh, just the values and and things. Whereas Gen Z often is like, can we have a, just a real genuine conversation about life? And Mm. rather than putting up a mask, uh, like I think some folks do, Gen Z says, Hey, can we just have a conversation? I'd say that's also one of the positive things if stewarded wisely is the fact that gen z craves authenticity and uh so i think a lot probably stems from that the desire for authenticity and not finding it but uh, but knowing that christ uh is our hope and when we can mm-hmm. authentically pursue him uh it's so remarkable to see and there's a lot of hope for gen z i haven't given up hope yet that's why i get up every day trying to help the youth of America and the world uh, in every last way I can. Well, you're a living, breathing testimony for your generation, brother. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Jordan Whitmer. You can connect with Jordan at howtolifemovement.com. That's howtolifemovement.com. Also, listen to Jordan's podcast, Generation Z Today. That's Generation Z Today, and maybe even pass it on to your kids. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. 
You know, God has been so good to all of us here at Shepherd's Hill, and we see His hand in all that we do, especially in the lives of the teens that we serve. You can find out how this all got started. Pick up Trace Embry's book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill. It's available at licensedparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.